Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And Bill Belichick drafted in the third round in 2008. Beats Bill Belichick. Hey, hi, good afternoon, welcome in. It's Christian Arkian here with you, taking you up until 4 o'clock right here on Sports Radio WEEI 93.7 on your FM dial. Also, you can download the Odyssey app if you don't already have it or listen at WEEI.com. Lots of ways to uh, join in, lots of ways to contact with the show as well. You can uh, give a call at 617-779-7937. You can find me on Twitter at Christian Arkand. Uh, we got a big show today. My first three-hour show. Last week, only two hours. Got cut off by BC football, which is also happening tonight, but not till later after uh, Bradfoe. So uh, that's what the rest of your uh, evening looks like here on the uh, on the station. And we got a lot to get to today. Going to be talking with uh, Greeny from Barstool about the Celtics in the two thirty hour or two thirty uh, segment, and in the three o'clock hour, we'll be joined by the great Tom King, uh, the oldest man in the world. He's been covering the Patriots since uh, leather helmets. And uh, he'll be on to talk about what we saw the other night, which, uh, listen, I'll tell you what, that Thanksgiving special, first of all, who the hell do they think they are putting that game at 8.30? If you if you are like me and you hosted this year, uh, that 8.30 game was just, I mean, no way. I, I was a zombie by 8.30. I was an absolute zombie. I also have a baby, so, like, that's, <laughs> that's another part of this uh, equation here that made it kind of tough. But, like, by the time 8.30 rolled around, I was dead to the world. It was it was tough to get through that game for me, but the good the good news was that it was the most exciting Patriots game of the entire year, uh, the most entertaining one for sure. And after that trip to the dentist last week against the Jets, uh, that was a welcome sight. That was definitely something that I needed because I was uh, I was in bad shape Thursday night. Anyway, um, there was a lot to like about that game, and I've been hearing that since uh, you know since Thursday. I've been hearing Patriots fans reacting positively to that game, which was a loss. Uh, but certainly an exciting loss and a loss where you saw Mac Jones look good and look like a not just competent NFL quarterback, but a high-end NFL quarterback. And we haven't seen that yet this year. That's the first time you've really gotten a, a serious glimpse of that Mac Jones this season. We saw it a few times last year in his rookie year, and we saw other flashes of things that you thought, well, next year that's going to get better. Next year that's going to improve. Next year Mac Jones is going to take this great big step forward. And it wasn't until Thursday night that you could even begin to start saying that. Now, how much of a step forward is it really when it's week 12, you know, and you only got about a month plus left in the season and he's finally played a competent game? All right. Like what what's that tell you? And we'll, we'll get into that in just a minute, too, because I've been hearing some pretty contradictory things from a lot of Patriots fans over the last 48 hours as well. 
Uh, but Mac Jones was good. There's no doubt about it. He was very good Thursday night. I thought he looked uh, much sharper than he has at any point all year. I thought he looked sharper than he had at any point last year. I thought that was his best game as a Patriot. I thought that was the best game that he's played, and the numbers back it up, and just about everything backs it up. He hung out around in a shootout with uh, one of the top offenses in the league, and I know there were a couple of times last year he did something similar. I think this year was uh, this example that we saw on Thursday was better. I just thought that was a, a better all-around performance um, from the kid. I thought Devontae Parker is someone who, despite, maybe I'm wrong about this, after I heard what Ken Laird had to say about Devontae Parker, I thought Devontae Parker's performance kind of flew under the radar. And then I'd hear Laird say that he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL, so okay. I guess maybe it didn't escape him. <laughs> good eye good eye there, Kenny. But I, I sort of feel like, you know, it's all been about Mac. Wow, look what Mac did. Look how great Mac was. Look at, look at this great game that Mac had. Parker had a very strong game. He only caught four balls, but they were all impactful catches, and I think that uh, that was a big part of what got that offense going early on in the game. Um, so Mac was good. Parker was good. The offensive line, oh, oh, my God. That was the best the offensive lines looked all year, too. Um, and I don't think it's particularly close. It wasn't perfect, again. Uh, there were some sacks there that I think Mac shares a little bit of blame with, uh, the sacks at the end of the game. But certainly uh, the interesting blocking technique shown by Trent Brown on that last sack was uh, not necessarily Mac's fault. Either way, I thought that was a great bounce-back game from the offensive line against a Minnesota front that's certainly not as good as the Jets or the Colts even, but has some good players on it and guys that I was worried about. Um, they neutralized him for the most part, gave Mac a nice big pocket, and I thought that uh, he used that time and used that extra step to kind of correct his timing and deliver the ball, and he delivered a lot of good balls on Thursday. Absolutely he did. Um, I think that also one other thing that I liked was Matt Patricia's play calling. Not every single thing. Not every single thing was good. That double reverse was an abomination, okay? We all agree with that one. No one liked that call. Uh, but I thought that he, for the most part, Looked like an offensive coordinator in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, there's been so many weeks where the offense didn't look like an NFL offense. Mack didn't look like an NFL quarterback. Patricia didn't look like an NFL offensive coordinator. Nobody looked like anything. And Thursday night, they all looked like they belonged. They all looked like they could hang with a good team like the Vikings. Um, there were still some slip-ups. Everyone still has those. Lord, no Josh McDaniels had those, and he's still having them now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs still have them too. You know, it's not like it's not like any team's perfect here, but uh, I'd say that was a massive step forward for Patricia in terms of I would say his confidence and uh, ability and in, in play calling. One of those things you just got to do, right? You know, see what works and what doesn't. Uh, Hunter Henry, I also thought had a great game, and we'll get to the Hunter Henry catch that wasn't a little bit later on because I have a lot to say about the refereeing in that game. Um, I did think it was poor. But I also think just the the crying and complaining has been embarrassing uh, for the most part by a lot of Patriots fans that I've seen. Um, so there you go. There's your there's your positives right there. I think that's a that's a good grouping of positive things that happened. Uh, Mac was much better. O line much better. Henry and Parker tremendous. Patricia very good job. Very good job calling those plays. The first time I've said that all year. I'm fair. If I feel like the guy called a good game, I'll say it, all right? <laughs> I know everybody, it's easy to take shots at Patricia and Judge, and Lord knows we've all been doing it, but when the guy has a good game, you got to say so, and I'll say so. You know what was bad? Just about everything else. Uh, the defense, the special teams, the coaching, all that was bad. All that was bad. 
the offense was good. Mac was good. Patricia was good. All that stuff on the offense, I thought, was really, uh, really a big pick me up from the previous weeks. Everything else was bad. Everything else was bad. The defense. Oh, isn't this exactly what you were worried about? Isn't this exactly what you were worried about with this defense? We'll get to them a little bit later. I wanted to believe in this in this D. I, I really did. I wanted to believe that this wasn't going to happen again. And there's still time for it not to, okay? I mean, it was one bad game. And it's the first bad game they've had in a while since Baltimore, right? I wouldn't even consider I did. It wasn't a great game against Green Bay, but I wouldn't say it was a bad one all around. And their other loss to the Dolphins, I didn't think was a bad game either. Baltimore, bad game for the defense. Thursday night, bad game for the defense. It's been a while. It's been a while since we saw that, and it didn't look good. It was one of those things that was just sort of tough to tough to stomach because you'd been dreading it. You'd been dreading watching this team go out there and just be on their heels while uh, Kirk Cousins or whoever drives down the field. And you got Burrow coming up. You got Allen twice coming up. You got Tua again. You got Derek Carr, I guess, which whatever, I guess not that bad. But I didn't think Kirk Cousins was really that scary either. And uh, him and Jefferson and Thalen and the uh, Hawkins and the rest of those guys put the fear of God into me on Thursday night. They did because I thought this team's strength was its defense, the Patriots. I thought that was their strength. And you know what else I thought? Maybe I didn't think it, but I was deep down like hoping about that uh, the Patriots' defense would be good enough that they could expose the Vikings as one of these front-running offenses that only beats up on bad teams, which is a criticism that people make about the Patriots' defense. I thought, oh, wouldn't this be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if the Patriots' defense flips that narrative on its head and goes out there and shows the world, no, 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 we're not frauds. It's this Vikings offense. You saw what happened against Dallas? That's not, that wasn't a fluke. That's what they do when they go up against good teams. That's what they do when they go up against teams like us. And that's not what happened. Cowboys held them to what, three points? <laughs> 37 to three. Was that the final score of that game? 37 to three. And uh, they go out and put up 33 on the Patriots defense. And listen, they didn't get a bunch of turnovers in short fields either, okay? It wasn't the defense handing the offense a bunch of short fields like the Patriots defense has done for the offense many, many times this year. That's not what you were seeing on, on Thursday night. No, no, no. The Vikings were taking it the length of the field. That's what you were seeing. And that was that was tough to watch. Also tough to watch, although I'd say this has been more of a recurring thing, is the special teams. This franchise's special teams now going on three years of being just borderline unwatchable. And I know I'm saying this a week after they returned a punt for a touchdown and walked off, which, by the way, there was a little bit of help there, too. So before I hear anybody crying about Kyle Duggar getting held, uh, let's remember that there was a very obvious block in the back in the uh, punt return. Okay, so those things happen. I'm not saying the punt return should have not counted or whatever, but I also saying pipe down about Duggar, okay? You just benefited from one of those calls literally last week. But other than that, how many times is someone on this team going to run into the freaking punter on the other team? How many weeks in a row are we going to see that's two now? I mean, my God, how many times are they not going to have enough guys in the huddle or too many guys in the huddle? Uh, how many times are you going to see the same stupid penalties over and over again? This team on, spe on special teams, Jones is a good returner, and I like watching him return kicks, and uh, Folk is a good kicker. Other than that, other than that, I don't, I, I don't understand what happened with that group. I don't understand what happened with that unit. 
I mean, whether it's situational or just basic execution of plays, they're having so much trouble. And when it comes to not barreling into the punter after the ball is clearly long gone, I just how is that not drilled into everybody's head this week? How is that not one of those things that they emphasized when they go over situational football and everything else? If you're this close to the guy, if you're at this yard line and the ball's in the air, then pull up, get out of the way, run away, make sure you don't touch him, make sure you don't breathe on him. You don't want to be close enough to breathe on the guy because if you breathe on a punter, the punter's going down and they're going to throw a flag every single time. All right? That's non-negotiable. That is a, a flag every time when you touch that punter. Even if they flop around like Marcus Smart, it doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter. You still are going to get a, a flag there. And it's the second straight week. And this time it was even worse. Last week against the Jets, it was running into the kicker. Now they're roughing the kicker. Now they're getting worse at it. <laughs> Please. That sort of thing. Oh, that dri- it should drive anybody up the wall. It really should. Um, and that, you know, defense, special teams, coaching. I mean, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a big problem. That was a big problem Thursday night. No question about it. So here's the question I have for you, uh, Patriots fans. Would you take this trade that we saw last night? Would you take the trade of the defense, special teams, and really Bill not looking so great so long as Mac Jones in the offense takes a step forward? And again, I don't think Mac Jones was perfect. They lost the game. Um, And I didn't think that he was great in the fourth quarter by any means, but it was his best game of the year, and he threw for almost 400 yards. So two touchdowns and no interceptions. He took care of the ball and I think was, uh, was for, for most of the game, pretty much all of the game, uh, playing at a level he hasn't played at all year. So would you take that trade? And if so, do you feel bad about flip-flopping? Because i got to be honest with you. There's been calls. There's been tweets. Well, who cares if Mac looks good? They won doesn't matter if Mac looks good. doesn't matter what the offense looks like. They're winning games. That's all that matters. And now I'm hearing, well, yeah, they lost, but wow, did you see how good Mac looked? <laughs> you know? So which one is it? It's got to be. It can't be both. It's got to be one or the other. And I have maintained all year that I think it is important for Mac Jones to take a step forward in the big picture of the franchise. It's more important for Mac Jones to start uh, making that leap towards being an elite quarterback in the NFL, or at least in the top 15. I thought that that needed to happen this year. I thought that progression needed to happen. And when I saw it wasn't, I started to bargain with myself. Like, okay, maybe they'll lose the game, but at least Mac Jones will go out there and throw for a lot of yards. Sort of like what the Chargers have been doing with Justin Herbert for the last three years. Really, it's basically the same thing. Well, Chargers aren't winning games, but look at Justin Herbert, man. He's a stud. Oh, wow, that guy's a stud. Wow, Herbert's so good. But the team misses the playoffs again or gets bounced in the first round or whatever. Chargers are a massive disappointment. Not just saying that because they were my Super Bowl pick this year. But that's that's the danger. You, you got to get there. For, you got to have the good quarterback before you can become the Chargers. The Patriots still aren't even there yet. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Would you take that trade? Is it okay to lose a game or two? Is it okay to, I don't want to say punt on this season, but are you okay with missing the playoffs if Mac Jones goes out there and goes toe-to-toe with Josh Allen and toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow and, you know, Tua and the rest of these high-end MVP caliber quarterbacks? Josh Allen and Tua and those guys. Is that is that okay? Is that okay even if the team ends up falling short? And if so, whatever happened to, it doesn't matter what Mac looks like. All that matters is that they're winning. Because I heard a lot of that the last, I don't know, month and a half, really the last two months. 
That's all I've been hearing. So you got to pick a side. It's got to be one or the other, and uh, that's where I, that's that's the question I'm posing to you right now. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's your phone number. Quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, some talk about the referees, the referees, and the game that they had on Thursday night. That's all coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Haven't seen much of Taekwon Thornton. He's in the game here. Receiver, third and goal. Mac Jones through an end zone, and it's caught for the touchdown, Henry. He's got another one. Hunter Henry, Chandon Sullivan, the DB there, brings it in. We'll make sure he had it secure as he hit the ground. The Patriots retake the lead. After review, the pass is incomplete. So Hunter Henry's denied a second touchdown catch in his many drives. That was a tough one. A lot of people think it was a tough game all around uh, for the Patriots vis-a-vis the referees. It's Arkean here with you, Sports Radio WEEI. Uh, phone number 617-779-7937. That was a bad call, I thought. I thought that should have been a touchdown. I saw at first it looked like a touchdown from all the other angles. It either looked like a touchdown or it may have looked like it touched the ground, but I wasn't sure. I saw a couple of freeze frames where it appeared as though the ball was on the ground, but I do know that those pictures can be deceiving, and I didn't see one video, you know? Like, there was no... Every video angle I saw 
Even the ones with in the still frame, you could sort sort of look like it was touching the ground. I never, when they called it a touchdown on the field, I thought, okay, there's not enough here to overturn. This. And there were still frames with Hunter Henry's fingers underneath the ball as well. That too. And if it touches the ground, then that maybe doesn't matter. But, you know, there were certainly, I think, enough evidence there to say, okay, well, if they're calling it a touchdown, then they think that his hand was underneath it, and there it is underneath it. So, <laughs> right? It, I feel like when it's it, uh, call on the field is something and you're going to overturn it, it has to be indisputable. And McCauley, I mean, he's just going nuts. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a touchdown. I thought that was a bad call. I'll tell you what else I thought was a bad call. On third and one, in the fourth quarter, about eight minutes left to go. Uh, it's third and one. Mac Jones throws it to Hunter Henry, who gets tangled up with uh, with Harrison Smith, which I have something to say about that, too. But after that play, there was a blatant face mask, about as blatant of a face mask on a quarterback as you're ever going to see. And I don't know if the back judge just you know stopped watching or what, but uh, that, was, that was really a bad missed call right there. Um, the Hunter Henry play, which is where the ball went, and Mac Jones was so mad that he got his face mask uh, pulled that he didn't even have time to start yelling about that. Hunter Henry was yelling about that because he thought that he got interfered with and held up by Harrison Smith. What happened on that play is Smith came up to press Henry on the line, and Henry got right around him, and you can kind of make contact with a receiver at five yards out. I'd say Smith probably kept it going a little longer than that, but that's one of those plays that's kind of borderline, and they both fell down, so... I don't know. Like sometimes you make contact, you both fall that like that. That's one of those plays that wasn't super blatant. I think it was, you know, not a not a great play. And if they had thrown a flag there, I wouldn't have thought it was a bad flag. But I also thought that, you know, that wasn't a hundred percent. Okay, here's what happened. I'll tell you what didn't happen, and what everybody said. Well, I was watching that play, and their legs got tangled. Oh yeah, I was watching it too. Legs definitely got tangled. Their legs didn't even touch each other, let alone get tangled. They didn't even, he didn't step on his foot. He didn't step on his shoelace. Their knees didn't touch nothing. Their legs were separate from each other. Harrison Smith's arm touched Hunter Henry, but what they showed on the replay didn't see the other side. So you don't know if there was an actual hold or not, or if, you know, Henry just went down. Now, Henry's a big guy and he's bigger than Smith. So I would imagine that, you know, he didn't just fall down on his own, but I never saw a replay that showed anything else. So I can't, you know, I can't say, but I can say that that sort of, uh, that sort of play doesn't always get called. You know, that's sort of a 50-50 one right there. The face mask, though, that was a bad miss. Bad miss. Definitely should have called that face mask. Now, with that being said, in both cases, if Hunter Henry's touchdown stood and they had seven instead of three, if they called that face mask on Jones, the Patriots don't necessarily win the game, folks. Like, that's that's the big... I understand being frustrated with the referees, but you have to take it into the bigger context here. Which is, and in my, this is my opinion, those were the only two egregious ones, okay? Those were the only two really egregious misses by the refs. Um, the Thielen hit, I thought, was a penalty. The Duggar hold on the punt return, they certainly could have called, but again, I think that cancels out because you blocked a guy in the back on that Marcus Jones return, and they didn't call that either. So there you go. You get a free one there, <laughs> all right? Sorry. That's, uh, that's, that's it. That's the cost of doing business. Um, what else? Um, oh, the Aguilar play where he ran into the guy in the, uh, to the corner. I didn't see a hold there. 
I saw some contact, but if it's mutual contact, refs aren't going to call that. Uh, Aguilar should have kept running. Um, he didn't stand in his way. He didn't impede him. They made some contact with each other, and it slowed him. He slowed down and you know, wasn't able to get to the ball. And I thought that was a good ball for Mac Jones. Um, that, was, that was not, I don't think, a penalty. The two really bad calls, though. Um, Hunter Henry and uh, the face mask on Mac. If Henry's catch was a touchdown, then you're still down and going to be down after the next two drives. Minnesota scored a field goal and a touchdown on the next two drives. You went three and out in those next two drives. So even if Henry scores a touchdown there, you're still trailing, okay? I hate to break it to you. Like, that that didn't cost you the game. You, what happened after that certainly uh, cost you the game more than that did. And even with the face mask, that was a face. Sure, yeah, fine, that was a face mask. So you extend that drive a little further. Suddenly the uh, Patriots are going to get better in the red zone? Like, that's a problem that still hasn't quite been fixed here. And, and all the, you know crowing about the offense and how it's back, they still can't finish drives in the red zone. And that's something that they got to figure out because it's not that often that you're going to be, you know, throwing up 40-yard bombs to Aguilar and Henry to, to get in the end zone. I'm sorry, this isn't that kind of team. They haven't been doing that much this year against anybody. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's something they can rely on. They can get into the red zone. They just can't score when they get there. They have to change that. They have to do something about that. And that's still a problem. So, yeah. That touchdown would have helped. That touchdown would have helped because then at the end of the game, he would have only been going for three instead of going for six. Uh, we'll say this, though. When you finally did get into field goal range, what happened? Mack gets sacked for nine yards, and then now it's a 56-yarder. I don't think folks necessarily got that one locked up. I know as good as he's been. A 56-yarder, even indoors, you sure? And even if he hits it, that all happened before the two-minute warning. So Minnesota's got the ball with two minutes. You're going to keep them out of field goal range with the type of day that your defense was having? I don't know. They were better in the fourth quarter. I'll give them that. Towards the end of the game, I thought the defense tightened up a little bit, but not enough. And by then, the damage was already done. Toothpaste was basically out of the tube. The refs were an issue, okay? They weren't great. I don't think this game was well refereed at all. But I do think the Patriots fans went way overboard about it. Way overboard. I think at most they cost you a seven-point swing, maybe even a four-point swing, really, because what? It was a touchdown down to a field goal. That was, I think, the biggest point swing that you got there. Uh, running into the punter, that was a penalty. I'm sorry. There's no way you can argue that one. You know, and I saw people trying to do, oh, they're out to get him. No, they're not. No, they're not. You ran into the punter again. Stop doing that, maybe. They'll stop calling it. Um... The Thalen hit, I thought that was embarrassing, too. Oh, come on. That is a football hit. Have you not been watching football for the last five years? The ball hit his hand, hit the ground, bounced back up from the ground, and now here comes Bryant and hits him right square in the back, not in the neck, but right below it, and his neck snaps forward. Defenseless receiver, ball hit the ground, and you come and hit him right below the neck? Of course they're going to call a penalty there. Of course they are. They've been doing that for a while now. It's not a new thing. Ah, uh, so uh, when I was a man, men play football, that's a man hit. Like, okay, fine. You're super manly, all right? You're a big, strong man. Good for you. That's still a penalty. They're going to call that every time. I mean, please, it was right in the middle of the field. It was, you know, it's not like it happened in, a, in the middle of a scrum or something like that. It was right in the middle of the field. Every ref was looking at him, and his head snapped forward. Come on, you can't do that. Brian's, Brian's got to know better than that. That was ridiculous. 
Um, refs weren't great, but bigger problems were your defense and your special teams. Way bigger. The mental mistakes that were made in this game and that have been made all year. You know, you want to talk about Bill Belichick and, you know, the Patriots system and sort of what makes this team good and his team's good and his style work. This this can't happen. I mean, for for his style to work, for his systems to function, you can't you can't have these kind of problems every single week. You just can't. You can win some games with them, but you can't win Super Bowls that way. You just you can't. I don't think any team could, no matter who your coach was. Tom Brady was here and the team was doing stuff like this every week. I don't think that would uh, that that would be a championship team. And there were plenty of years where Tom Brady didn't have the greatest supporting cast and the team was kind of dysfunctional. 2009, when Bill couldn't get him to play the way they wanted him to. There's been other examples over the year. Like, it's not, you know, 06 was another one with those awful wide receivers. Like, they've had, they've had plenty of seasons with Tom Brady where things weren't quite clicking. Without Tom Brady, it just seems so much worse, doesn't it? You know, it just seems like it's so much more of a burden. Uh, and that's been a real problem. That's been a real problem, I think, with... Uh, with the defense, with the special teams, I mean, the, the mental mistakes there on special teams are just brutal. And this is going on year three of just, oh, my God, another blocked punt, another penalty on a kickoff, another one of these, another one of that. Like, please. Folks, a good kicker. And I like Jones as a returner. But, I mean, there's a lot more to special teams than that. And this team just, it kills them. It really died. It killed them. It killed them in that game. The defense, that's a big problem, too. And I said this in the first segment. I'll say it again. This is exactly what I was afraid of. And you feel like you're just watching, you know, it's another sequel to a movie you've already seen. How are they going to kill Freddy this time? All right, well, what's going to, you know, how's how's Michael Myers going to come back this time? You know, when are the boogeymen going to be exposed again this year? Like, it seems like that's just a recurring thing. And I just, it's hard to get too pumped up about it. It's hard to get too pumped up when they go out there and shut down Zach Wilson or Sam Ellinger or, you know, Mitch Trubisky or any of these guys. It's just, it's hard for me to to care that much. It's better than losing to those guys, sure. But th- what does it really tell you when all said and done? What do you come away with? What do you come away with, you know, in terms of, in terms of your uh, ability to win playoff games or, you know, make a deep playoff run? It's just, it's not there. You don't have it. I'll tell you who wasn't a problem. Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones. You know what, we, uh, what I've been saying about Mac Jones for a year plus now as well? They lost, but they didn't lose because of Mac, right? Whenever the Patriots lose a game that Mac Jones is the quarterback, well, they, yeah, okay, they lost, but he didn't lose because of him. Um, This is the first time where I can say, well, you can say they didn't lose because of him, but uh, this year you've seen all these games where they won and it wasn't because of him. Well, they may have won, but it wasn't because of Mac. <laughs> now they're back to that thing last year where they lose a game, but, well, they lost, but Mac was good, <laughs> you know? So I guess that's that's the question. What do you – will you take that trade? In the big picture, I think you need Mac Jones to be effective. You need him to be able to go out there and, and compete against good offenses because your defense beating up on Zach Wilson and beating the Jets 10-3 to doesn't really tell you anything. Except that, you know, Wilson may be a little worse than Mac Jones. A lot worse than Mac Jones. 
Although in that game, I didn't think either of them were that great. Jones had a better game, but no one's crossing the goal line. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, that's it's as another. You know, is this game progress? A lot of people ask. Well, yeah, it is progress. Because in that Jets game, at the very late, didn't score any touchdowns, but Mac was throwing passes and putting up some decent numbers, and his completion percentage was good. And it seemed like, you know, there was something happening there. They just couldn't get in the end zone. And that, you know, leads into this next game against the Vikings where he is putting up points, and he is putting up numbers. And is that the progression we've been waiting to see all year? I hope so. I hope it is. Because if it's not... If that was just a one-off and now next week he's back to, you know, 10-3, to then we're in trouble. His team's in trouble. Franchise is in trouble. Because now you got to start thinking, well, what's next? What are we going to do next? And I don't want to go there yet because I think Mac Jones showed a lot of potential last year, and I think that, you know, this game is a more clear indicator of what he is than, uh, than what we've seen in these previous weeks. He was injured. His new coaches. A new offense, which, I mean, maybe it's starting to come around a little bit here. I don't know. Like, it was the best it's looked all year. But it really, oh, man, it took some trials and tribulations to get to this point, didn't it? So, Mac wasn't the problem. The refs were a bigger problem than Mac was. But I got to be honest with you. I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tolerate a lot of, well, you know, the refs were out to get the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. The refs are really trying to win games for the Vikings. Like, why? what, is, what stake does the NFL have in the Vikings being good this year? Like, why, why is that something that they're going to try and fix? I will say this. Tony Dungy clearly was rooting for the Vikings. I'm not going to deny that. All right? I don't know about the referees. I don't think the referees had a particular slant. I just didn't think they were very good all, all night. Uh, but Tony Dungy, holy mother of God. When that Vikings returner uh, turned the corner there on on Duggar, I swear to God, I swear to God, Dungey's like, go, go, come on. <laughs> Relax there, Tone. Hey, Tone, take it easy. He was, ooh, he was pumped up. He was excited. There's no doubt about that. There was a clear anti-Patriot slant there, and I'm not someone who even cares about that sort of thing. You know? I remember when I was a teenager, too, and we all thought Buck and McCarver hated the Red Sox, right? And then you hear your Yankee fans, oh, Buck and McCarver hate the Yankees. Oh, they hate everybody. Oh, wow, that's a really hot take when you're 17. All right, you know, we're all, I think, we're, sorry if you're 17, by the way, and you're listening right now, but, like, you grow up a little bit and you realize, oh, yeah, okay, it's just, you know, you don't like being criticized. That's not what happened on Thursday night. <laughs> Tony Dungy was openly rooting for the Vikings, openly rooting for him. I don't say that lightly either because I do think people sound very whiny when they complain like that, but uh, there was no doubt about that there. But that was the announcers, okay? That wasn't the referees. The referees may have missed a couple of calls, may have had a couple of bad ones. I acknowledge that. I don't think that that's what cost you the game. I don't think so. I think that may have cost you four points tops. And, you know, like, that's that's too bad, but you lost by seven, so I'm sorry. Like, that's, uh, you know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. 617-779-7937, that's your phone number. You can find me on Twitter, at Christian Arcand. Uh, I tell you, Mac Jones wasn't the problem, so uh, what do you think about his day? Uh, do you believe in Mac Jones? Are you feeling like Mac Jones can keep this up? Do you feel like Mac Jones can beat Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Tua? or any of these other quarterbacks he's got coming up here. Do you believe in Mac Jones? Well, I'll talk about that next.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Covering Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcand on WEEI. Six, the backfield's empty. And Jones going down the middle. It's caught and grounded by Milton Aguilar for the touchdown. Well, a couple of teams that were sleepy on offense last week, on a short week, have made resounding opening statements. The Pats walk it down the field and score. Nelson Aguilar didn't start tonight, but he comes in in this three wide receiver set. The safeties divide. He's got the middle seam. Great throw, and Mac Jones looks those safeties off. Watch the eyes here, Jason. Look outside first, down the middle, great throw. That's Tony Dungy and the guys on the call there with his reluctant praise of the Patriots and Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar connecting on that first touchdown, which woke me right up. I was I was struggling Thanksgiving. We had about a dozen people at my house and uh newborn baby so we were up early and i was out raking loud you know it was a whole thing and by the time 8 30 got there i had been been awake for like 14 hours maybe <laughs> it was i was i was you ever like you ever like driven a really long way like you ever like drive across the country you know or like uh you know drive from like massachusetts down to florida or like out to chicago you know one of those like cross-country road trips and you get to, like, the hotel and you get out of the car and you're like, oh, my God. That's what it felt like when 8.30 rolled around. That's what it felt like for me. Uh, that was Mac Jones, who was uh, not at all bothered by the uh, by the spotlight. Mac Jones in prime time. I'll tell you, I was encouraged by that, too. He wasn't quite as good as Kirk Cousins in prime time. Kirk Cousins in prime time, which I guess isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> now it's like a good thing. Um, but Mac was fine. I thought Mac was very good. I thought he looked as good as he's looked all year. Um, there's a couple of things, a couple of gripes I have here that I'd like to uh, address. The first one is all the people who, during and after that game, turned their nose up at people like me and said, all you zappy people should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. Hang your head in shame forever saying that Bailey Zappy could, uh, could, do, could have a game like Mac Jones just had. Bailey Zappi did have a game like Mac Jones just had against Cleveland. Do you all? Did you all forget that? Like, is it? Do I have? To, I can't believe I have to remind everybody about this. You want to say Mac Jones had a great game? Fine, say Mac Jones had a great game. Don't tell me I should be ashamed for ever saying good things about Bailey Zappi, who had a game like this in like his third game ever as a professional. 
Mac Jones's numbers against the Vikings. 28 of 39, 382 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 119.8 QB rating. Or no, passer rating. 56.3 QB rating. Bailey's happy against the Browns. 24 of 34, 309, two touchdowns, no picks, 57.1 QB rating, which is actually a little bit better, and a 118.4 passer rating, which is slightly worse. I mean, yeah, Max Day was better. He threw for more yards. But please, I don't feel ashamed for having said things about said good things about Bailey Zappi. I don't feel ashamed at all. I'm thrilled that Mac Jones was finally able to put a game together where he could reach those numbers for the first time all year. I'm also very happy that Mac Jones finally passed Bailey Zappi for the team leading touchdown passes. It only took him 12 weeks, but he got there. <laughs> Zappi had five touchdowns in four games. Mac just got to six. Okay, so again, ashamed? I should be ashamed? Really? I don't know. I, I don't know what Zappy would have looked like against that Vikings team. I know what he looked like against Chicago, which, by the way, someone corrected me on this on the text line, and you're right. I said the defense hasn't looked that bad since Baltimore. They looked that bad against Chicago, too. They looked very bad against Chicago. I don't know why, but I just I memory hold that game. I completely memory hold the Bears game. And they did look bad in that game. Um, that was that was an eye-opener. Fields has been good since then. It wasn't like some one-off. But that was, you know, you saw the defense really look vulnerable there. And that was a problem. Um, okay, that was my first gripe. Anyone who told me I should be ashamed for uh, being high on Bailey Zappi. I'm not ashamed. Okay, that Mac finally passed him. All right, he finally did it. And it's not like I don't like Mac either, but come on. You talk about what's best for the team. What does Bill Belichick always say? And Mac was great, all right? He was great on Thursday, so fine. But let's not act like Zappy wasn't great against Cleveland. Just as good. Um, another thing, and this has been less annoying to me than the Zappy people, but something that has come up and something that I felt like I just addressed right here. Uh, Mac Jones, defenders, you know, the Orlovskis of the world, Fourier, a lot of people like that, have been saying that it was the offensive line. Well, really, it's not Mac's fault. It's the offensive line. The offensive line's been way too loose. The offensive line's been really bad. The offensive line can't get their act together. He doesn't have enough time. He can't make his throws. His timing's all off. You can't expect anything from him out there with this offense because the offensive line's so bad. Okay. Fine. Let's say that's true then. What was really better on Thursday? You know what I mean? Like, okay, then if that's if that's the case, if Mac's really good and he's been this good this whole time and the offensive line just hasn't given him time, then was Mac better on Thursday? Or was the offensive line better on Thursday and Mac was what he's always been? Because that seems like a reach to me, doesn't it? Like, doesn't that seem like a reach to say? Mac's been great all year. No, no, no. It's just the line hasn't been good. And now they finally started blocking. So now that they're blocking, Mac can be who he really is. This is how good he's been all year. I don't agree with that. I think Max gotten uh, let off the hook by his defenders mostly, and that's what defenders are supposed to do. But I feel like with really adamant Mac defenders just kind of look the other way with a lot of stuff with him, or they've looked the other way with a lot of stuff this year. And I just, I don't know. I don't understand what the point of that is. Um, you know, this is a second-year quarterback. You got to evaluate him honestly. Uh, that's what the team's doing. And that's what the fans should be doing. If, you're, if you like him, yeah, sure. I mean, you can like him. I like him. 
I think that he's got, you know, that he's not been treated particularly great this year. But that's not, you know, that's not to say that I think he's been great all year and the offensive line's been the problem. The offensive line's been part of the problem, sure. Uh, As much of a problem as the coaching, I would say. Or maybe the coaching's been a little bit worse. That's a good question. I'd I'd pose that to you. Did Patricia's play calling in the offensive line suddenly get much better? Or did Mac get better? Did Mac play better? Because I feel like it's hard to, you know, you can't, everyone's been defending him this whole time and saying, you know, it was just those other things. So was it? Okay. Then, Then how much better was Mac really in that game? Or do you not think he's improved? I think he has. But I feel like if you want to be consistent about this for the Mac Jones defenders, it was really, you know, these other aspects of the team that that improved. I think that the offensive line was much better. But I also think the bar was very low. Like, that wasn't, you know, like the offensive line all year has just been committing terrible penalties and not giving Mac a lot of time to throw, which I also think is true. Although I did check pro football reference, and they have, like, the pressure stats and all that. And I was surprised to see this, but Mac Jones and the uh, Patriots are right in the middle of the pack uh, in terms of times rushed and how much time they had to throw and all this other stuff. They are right there in the middle. They weren't down at the bottom. Uh, and football outside? No. Football focus, PFF? Had the Patriots offensive line as the sixth best in the NFL, which I think is ridiculous. But I'm not doing the math, so... You know, they do the math. They get to make the ridiculous statements, and I can't really argue with it because I don't know how to do the math. (laughs) But I can say that I think the math may be flawed if it spits out the Patriots as the sixth-best offensive line in the NFL. That seems like a flawed algorithm to me. You know, like you're going to maybe tweak that a little bit. But it does at least go to show that even if we think that the – the offensive line was terrible and that Mac Jones was having no time to throw and all these other sort of criticisms that have been levied against them, the numbers may not necessarily bear that out. It may just look that way. And maybe it looks that way because Mac's still not, you know, he wasn't quite at 100%, and now he is. Um, I asked the question in the first segment. I'll ask it again. Will you take that trade-off? Will you take the trade-off of losing a game but Mac Jones taking a tremendous step forward as a NFL quarterback? and hanging around in a shootout against the Vikings, which is something you saw last year. And I feel like that, even though it's a loss, it's a step in the right direction because it brings you back to the Mac Jones of last season who had that exact thing happen with Dak Prescott and Tom Brady and uh, a couple other teams there last year. Not at the end of the year so much. They just got their asses kicked at the end of the year. But at the beginning, there were some close games, some close shootouts that Mac hung around in, and uh, and they ended up losing, but you felt okay about it. Do you, do you take that trade off? And if you do... You better not be one of those people who was telling me it doesn't matter if Mac looks bad. They're winning games. I don't care if Mac and the offense only scored three points. They won the game, right? All that matters is the record. All that matters is they win the game. Okay. Well, then I don't want to hear that it's okay they lost this game, but Mac looked better. That's that's my position. I don't want to hear that from you. 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about Bill Belichick and his night and the Patriots' playoff uh, projections going forward. Because I do think, all in all, they're still very much in the mix here. Uh, it's not going to be an easy road for them, but they're definitely still in the mix. We'll get to all of that uh, at the top of the hour coming up right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 